Welcome back to the Grow Show. I'm here with my partners in crime, Eric Watkins and Jeff Winters. How are you guys doing today? Hello, hello. Welcome back. I am fired up about today and our content, but before we get into it, Jeff, we stirred it up a little bit out there in the LinkedIn pasture. We haven't talked about it. We haven't talked about it, but Scott's post has stirred some emotions. (laughs) People are not happy. On another podcast in some other galaxy where they're also doing two truths and a lie. This is like the, your post about <laughs> I would be the having line. an hour yeah. by hour schedule. Well, no, it's it's 50%, not even 50%. Like 75% of the comments are truth and the people are lining up to say truth. And then there's some that are saying lie and there's some back and forth. We've struck yeah. a chord, if you will. I am now have the worst post on LinkedIn that this person's <laughs> ever seen. Uh but more good news, Jeff has the best. Jeff has the best. The best. So we're celebrating being at at both ends today. And I should, in fairness, have what someone said was the best post of 2023 on LinkedIn because I am indeed the sheriff. The sheriff. The sheriff. So if I don't know what people want, who does? This week, one of this week's truths comes from uh, David Greenfeld, and he's he's quoting uh, someone else, but... I love this quote. Genius is persistence in disguise. Genius is persistence. It's deep. That's deep. It's deep. But if you think about it, I think there's a lot of people out there who think that great ideas, great inventions, incredible accomplishments and achievements happen in the blink of an eye or in a flash. And really, when you talk to those people, you'd realize, no, that's not what happened. It was just incredible amounts of persistence and iteration, iteration and persistence. And I just thought that was a really cool quote. Genius is just persistence in disguise. I'm going truth. Wasn't it Benjamin Franklin had a gazillion inventions, Mm -hmm. right? Tons of failures before success. Yeah, persistence for sure. I'm, I'm truth all the way. Yeah, I'm actually reading a book right now about Thomas Edison and like coming up with the the light bulb and going through that process. And so from the outside looking in, you're like, this guy's a genius. But, you know, he just slept, I think it was three hours a night and continuously worked at that craft. Truth. Truth number two. It's a little longer. That was short. So I'm going to make this one a little longer. This is from uh, our friend Scott Barker. So it turns out I'm actually an office guy. There's time and place for remote work. I'll probably work from home one day a week, but nothing can replace in-person collaboration. I saw a tweet that solidified it for me, and the premise was, would you want your competition to be in office or remote? Oh, that's an amazing way to put it. (laughs) That is a great way to put it. Truth. Truth. (laughs) Never thought about it like that. Would you want you? Well, what do you want? Scott, you want our competition to be in office or remote? I want them to be so far away from each other that it's hard to communicate. (laughs) Different continents. Yes, different continents. That is a great way to put it. Isn't that so smart? Yeah, I love it. Uh, So truth. You would never say that you wanted your competition to be... All collaborating, working together. Yeah, no, of course not. And a lighthearted lie, but I think maybe uh, underneath the surface, a little less lighthearted. 
Can we congratulate you first for actually picking something we agreed with? Yeah, this is good. You yeah. you actually had nice two, work. Two lies, two truths. No false arrests. No yeah, false. No, no false arrests. Today so we're far. feeling good. It's okay to have some disagreement. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. Sunday scaries are just a part of life. No matter how much you love or hate your job, you're always going to feel some type of way on Sunday. I think this is a lie. And I also don't like it. I, I've always had a visceral reaction when people are like, how you doing? It's like four days from Friday, like Thursday. How you feeling? Good. Friday's just around the corner. Sunday, I, I get anxious. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm this. And I got to go to work. And it's like, don't, I, I don't think that's true for everyone. It's not true for me. It's not true for me. And that's a really important part of my life is I've made the decision to not be anxious on Sunday night because I have to go to work in the morning and do something that I either hate or I'm not like you can combat that. I bet you guys have strategies for what you do to make sure you're feeling good going into the week, but don't let yourself live your entire life. 52 weeks a year with one day a week feeling like shit about what you got to go do the <laughs> next day. That's terrible. I don't think that's true. I think it's a lie. He did say you always feel it. You can feel a certain way. Right. So I'm not on a Sunday thinking I'm miserable about going to work, but I will say I hate planned things on Sundays, like Sunday afternoons, mm -hmm. Sunday evenings, because I want a little downtime before going into the week. So I do feel like Sunday for me, especially the second part of Sunday, is a day of rest. And if something gets in the way of that, it kind of aggravates me. So I, I do feel a, something on Sunday, but definitely not. I'm not looking forward to the week. You don't do so. You don't do activities on Sunday nights. I hate it. I hate it. I'm the same way. I am too. I'm so happy to. I didn't. We never knew this about. Although I did, I do play basketball Sunday nights, and that's the perfect, the perfect thing to do before the week. Like in regard to, I, I think a lot of this has to do with how you choose to live your weekend as well. We've been doing this 75 hard, so we've gone what 50 something days without drinking, and it's it's completely different. Mm -hmm. You know, not that I was drinking a ton. But I think a lot of these people that have Sunday, Sunday scaries are doing it to themselves. Yeah. They're going out. They're having eight cocktails on Saturday. And I'm not saying don't enjoy yourself. Don't, you know, live your life by all means. But part of that plays into why you're so anxious and scared for Monday. Because you got to go from what you just did to your body to, you know, I got to be awake, alert, and running. And there's something about not drinking that I feel like gives you a little bit of an edge over everybody else or exercising on Sunday yeah, nights or, or what yeah. Scott, whatever you're doing, like restful, <laughs> medi meditative, meditative. Okay. Scott meditates for three hours every Sunday. Hey, you didn't know that. I'm glad I got two truths and a lie. It's a lie. All right. Thank you, Jeff. We are now headed to the 50 for 50. What is the 50 for 50? You may ask. That is our 50 most important business growth strategies, the things that we have tested that we feel like you should set up immediately to ensure predictable growth. And today we got another good one. It's branded gear. One of my favorites. And uh, I think most of the time when people think branded gear, they think about it as handouts as a marketing tool to get, you know, to give to prospects or to show your customers that you love them and that you appreciate them. And by all means, those things are important. 
but I'm talking about getting your army in uniform. It's something that we do. And God, what a way to make you feel like you're on a team. There are so many studies that say that people feel like they belong. They, they actually feel more motivated, proud of the organization they're work, working with. They feel like they're closer to the, to the team. Just, we could go on and on and on about this. You know, we have a store here and you can go and, we, and we've spent a lot of time thinking about the items that we have within the store. And most days when you walk around, I'd say 60% Probably. plus yeah. have this branded gear on. And yet people are out there thinking, well, I'm just not going to be a better organization if I've got my logo on sweatshirts or zip ups and why is that going to impact my growth? And then I would point to teams like Oregon that used to have a hard time getting people to go join that team. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, their affiliation with, with Nike turned into these new beautiful uniforms and, oh my God, like all the kids coming up, talk about Oregon. Mm -hmm. Like when I was growing up, people didn't talk about the Oregon football team or the Oregon basketball team. Everybody talks about Oregon and what they're going to wear next and they're fired up. And then the crowd's like, in it because they're all in their gear and it just matters. I think back in, in high school football and how serious our coach was about our uniform. I think about the military and how serious they are about being in uniform and showing different levels. And it's just huge. Your business will be more productive and will grow at a higher rate if your army is like in gear, in branded gear, living the brand. What do you guys think about that? Probably sounds crazy. I, you know, it, it probably does, but it doesn't since we've lived in it for so long. It, you go walk around, like we have, like Scott said, we have a store. Like we have a huge store with tons of different items. And you walk around this building and you see people in all different colors and types of swag. And we call it abstract swag. Um, so I, there's so many advantages for the business, for the everybody being a part of a team. I'm going to talk about one selfish one mm. as an employee who wears a lot of swag. Four mornings out of five, I don't have to think about what I'm wearing. <laughs> All I have to think about is what color <laughs> pullover I'm wearing for the day. And, uh, and on top of that, they look nice. They look professional. It's just, uh, you know, there's so much we do in our lives and choices we have to make, why not, you know, it just helps your employees not have to worry about what it, it's just something as small as what they're going to wear today. I'm going to go more specific. So I want to give people some insight into what we're saying by gear. So we've got plenty of stuff that's got the abstract logo on it. And that stuff's awesome and definitely falls into this category. But then we've got this other section of gear that has uh, really important initiatives, uh, either emblazoned on it or the, the catchphrases on the hat. And it's things that we're working toward. I'm looking at Scott right now. He's got a sweatshirt on that says one team, one dream. That was the, that was the mantra for last year when we were bringing people together. We've got one this year, be kind, grow and grind. And I've heard this at other organizations too. If you have an initiative ongoing, part of your job as a leader is to make sure that that initiative is always in the conscious of people 
who are working toward those goals. A lot of that's verbal. Some of that's written. But you know what? I love walking around with a T-shirt that has my goal on it. So everybody just gets a little reminder throughout. The, oh, yeah. You know, just maybe I don't see it five out of six times I see in a day. But one, it caught me today. I was like, yeah, one team, one dream. Let me let me think about that for a second. Spot on, Jeff. I, that's that's one of the more important ones is the ability through gear to be able to get that annual mission across or could be your mission in general or problem you solve. The other part of this, and I don't, I don't even think we've mentioned it yet, is when you have an organization like ourselves, primarily focused in St. Louis and so many employees, this is marketing for us. They're walking around, they're leaving work, they're going to happy hour, whatever it may be. They're wearing this nice looking swag or that logo and people ask them, oh, hey, where do you work? Yeah. What do you know about it? What do you like about it? And that's how we get a lot of employees. Like it's, it's hard to find good employees this day, this day and age. That's one other way to do it. It's a great way to show tenure. Like when people are walking around with some of the old school gear, <laughs> right? I've it's been like, around. It just kind of puts you in the, oh, those are the 12 plus year people or those are the five year people. Uh, it's kind of cool. That side benefit's kind of cool too. Can't have shitty stuff though. Yeah, some people should throw away some of that. No, 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 stuff. not that stuff. I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about the gear here is really good. Yeah, like it's to the point where I'm out with my friends, and they're like, "Let me get one of those." Like, let me get one of those. And you know me, I'm a good friend, so I gave them the address. No discount. They can buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you will be surprised at how many of your team members will want to wear the gear because they believe in what you do. They, they're proud of where they work and they want to show people where they work and talk about what they're doing. And this is an incredible way when they're out at a restaurant, people ask them questions and it's a way for them to celebrate what they do and attract talent like we said before. So people will be more productive. You will drive even greater results by making sure that your people are in your gear and you guys are one team living one dream. We are now headed to Mining for Growth Gold. Mining for Growth Gold. Okay, today we have the golden question. What a name, the golden question. It's been around for a while uh, here at Abstract and I talked you know, a couple episodes ago about not over-qualifying leads so I felt it only right to come back and talk about how to make leads just a little bit better for yourselves, if you're doing this internally, or for your partners, uh, if you're working for other companies. So this is simple. You go into the appointment call. Once you set the appointment, at the end of the appointment call, you ask this question. Jeff, if you see value in what we provide and ultimately decide to move forward with our services, what does that decision-making process look like? Period. Shut up. We're asking for the decision-making process if the hypothetical, if they were to move forward with our services. This seems really small. And the first things that come to mind are, wow, is really invasive. And I bet a lot of people aren't going to want to answer that question. And I'll just tell you, that's wrong. We ask it all the time. They answer it. They just come out strictly and answer it. Number two, this is the number one mistake that salespeople make is not knowing the decision-making process going into the sale. There's a lot of mistakes, but that's one of the biggest ones because you have to know where you're trying to get to before you even get started. So it's one little piece of information that we can load up for our salespeople, understanding that decision-making process. So I'll give you an example. I asked that, and then Jeff says, 
you know, I, you know, pretty much I make the decision on who we partner with here, but I have to run it up the ladder to Scott to make sure that he agrees with it. That little line from that appointment call, now when I hand this lead over to the sales rep, they can A, reach out to Scott on LinkedIn and try to make a connection prior to the call. And B, they know in that call, my goal now is not just to sell Jeff. I have to sell Jeff in a way where he's going to advocate to Scott and I'm going to get Scott's attention to get this deal in. Golden question. Simple thing. Add at the end of every appointment call. This is a huge advantage for the salesperson because the more questions that you can get before the call, so you don't have to spend time figuring this stuff out and you can, whether it's more time on uh, price or term or or presenting or discussing the problem that prospect has, the better off you are. You are so much better off. And just to add, Eric, you know, by the way, maybe instead of me connecting with Scott on LinkedIn, if I'm the salesperson, maybe I go to my boss and that my boss reaches out to Scott and go, hey, you know, I know Jeff from our team is meeting with Steve from your team. Just wanted to let you know, we're really energized mm-hmm. about the potential partnership. And I, I wanted like to that. make sure that you had me, you wanted, I put a face with a company and you had me on the radar in case things move forward. There's so many different things you can do proactively if I know that. The appointments, you've, you've talked about it before, the amount of information you can glean after the appointment is set just from asking five or six questions that no one will ever remember, like it's not going to yep. go bad, put your sales team at a big competitive advantage. I, Eric, I love it. And I don't think it's just a tip. I think it should be almost mandatory that with every set appointment for a future business opportunity that you know what the decision-making process is and who influences it. Cause you're going to prep in a whole different way. Like Jeff's really good example, right, right there of two higher ups connecting to support what's about ready to, to happen. I love it. And, uh, if I was out there listening, I would implement ASAP that question and say, it's not even a, qualified appointment unless they're bringing forth that information so that the sales rep can be prepared. Love it. And no, very, very rarely does somebody push back on us. Oh, I don't want to tell you that. Mm -mm. I don't want to give you that information. I mean, very, very rarely. But that is the golden question. We were mining for growth gold. And what did we find? We found the golden question. Gold for sure. A lot of gold. So much gold. So, so much gold. So now that we're sitting on a pot of gold, how are you going to spend it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's always room for one more holiday in the calendar, isn't there? There's never enough holidays. Fourth of July, Memorial Day, New Year's Day. I could go on. I want to add another one to your calendar. No, I want to add another 12 holidays to your calendar. 12. 12 new holidays. You're welcome for you salespeople, you founders, you leaders. And those holidays are what we call LDOM. Yes. LDOM. The, say with me now, last Last day day of of the month. month. Yes. LDOM needs to be a holiday. I want to change the way you think about the last day of the month. Because I'll tell you, it changed for us. This came to us from my brother, Tony Auk, amazing member of our sales team. We love you. He came to us and we're the last day of the month. We come in and just like any other day, just like any other day, you know, we're going to close some deals. We're going to have some lunch. whatever. And he said, this is terrible. 
This is a joke. <laughs> where's the music? Where's the themes? Where's the energy? Where's the hourly contest? This needs to be a holiday. And if you bring the energy up to a fever pitch, you will close materially, exponentially more deals. And so we did. And every last day of the month became a holiday. What does that mean? We had themes. We had meals. Everybody dresses up. We have uh, contests every hour. We have something we'll do after work. We have all sorts of things on LDOM and the magic happens. And you look around and deals start to close. You go, oh, this is it's kind of interesting. Deals are close. And then they start and more and more and more. And people are high-fiving and they're jumping up in the air. And it is a, it's a day unlike any other. And the masters, it's, it's, it's the masters. If you don't have this in your company, by the way, this doesn't just have to be sales. It can be sales development. It can be marketing. It can be fulfillment and delivery. It can be operations. It can be account management. Implement an LDOM, make it a holiday, make it a huge deal. Have a big board, have contests, have food. It's a blast. Your results will go up a ton and it's easy to implement. Nobody's against LDOM. Everybody loves holidays. I just gave you 12 more. You're making it fun. People fear the last day of the month. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times going into that day, maybe a little behind thinking, how am I ever going to get this done? And when you're putting somebody's mind right at the beginning of that last day of the month, you end up pulling it out as a team. I love it. Thank you, Tony. Tony. Yeah, that's great. I remember when you guys first came in and we're saying LDOM. We were like, LDOM, LDOM. What's LDOM? It was like this big deal. And we did something for the last day of the month, but just putting the name to it, like just use the name. The name like, matters. The name yeah, matters. If you want it to mean something, you got to name it. Got to name maybe it. Maybe even build a logo for it. Steal it, use it. It's just, it's awesome. It's, we took it right away. Oh, it's amazing. And now you got, as you should. And now it's, my wife knows, my kids know, my brother, you know, how we looking for Eldom. <laughs> my cousin. <laughs> he didn't know shit about Eldom, but he does now. And you know what we need to do? What? We need to put some L-Dom sweatshirts in the store. Hey. 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 Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. Jeff, you're on fire today. Oh, yeah, you good. are. Great I'm episode. Good. You're yes. feeling good, aren't you? Yes. Well, we're there to everybody's most favorite section of the Grow Show. To do or not to do. Have we to killed do. this off yet? We didn't kill this off? No. This, okay. is, this right. is back with a vengeance. <laughs> All right. We're talking about uh, Scott and I have a little basketball game after work, and we're trying to get Jeff to join us. We're going to go to uh, some em- employees here internally, put together a little pickup game. So we're going to a nearby rec center, and we're going to play a little basketball. My question is, you know, I'm 32 now. I'm coming on 33. I'm waking up. My knees are cracking. You know, my ankle's a little tight. My back's hurting. I can only imagine. I can only imagine how it's going to look as I keep getting older. Should you? I thought he was going to say if it was looking us. At me. I thought he was going to say if you were our age. If, if you were fifty-three, if, if I was Scott's age, yeah. if I was Jeff's Jesus, age, throw some dirt on him, why don't you? Here is my question, though. It is risky. You hear of the people? They're tearing their Achilles. They tear their ACL. They break their whatever. They you know throw off your summer, whatever it may be. Is it worth it? To play real sports after the age of 30 or not? Should you keep playing basketball? Should you play that Thanksgiving football game? Or do you stick to golf? Do you stick to pickleball? Uh, it is painful, though. <laughs> I, my knee already hurts. <laughs> we we're, even not even, we're not even there. That's a great question. Uh, depends on just 
how competitive you are and what that does for you. I think you have to be doing some level of, you can't do zero activity and then go out not having exercised for three years and then play a game of full court pickup basketball. So you definitely got to be prepared for it. Don't don't just decide that you want to go back to your high school and play in the alumni football <laughs> game if you haven't played football for 20 years. But if you're a competitive person that works out, stays in shape, and that drives you, I'd say go for it. Yeah, no, I'm a <laughs> I'm a give up guy on this one. Like you just it is like it's over. Like your time has passed. It's not necessarily 30, but whatever age it is for you, like you got just got to cut it off. And you'll know when that is cuz you start getting and you said it's like knee cracks, but like I've talked to talking to my buddies who are 38 years old. Oh, no, yeah, I'm a, I can't get to work cuz I popped my patella. It's like, come on, man. You can't be popping. You got work. You got family. You can't be screwing up your patella. Sounds like a dance move. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's over. I think think that's when you go to, I think that's why pickleball was invented. Pickleball was invented (laughs) as a transition for young people uh, to, you know, play a sport and feel like they're still competing and uh, it actually not be very... I hard swear. on your body. That's why. That's what pickleball. Isn't that what pickleball is? Isn't that I, what pickleball means in French? Is like transition. I sweat more from ping pong. Pickleball. That's why. Like people feel like with pickleball, people are like, "Oh, I just got great exercise and I'm competing." It's like, yeah, not really, but whatever. Who cares? Like if you feel good, I, I think you should. I actually think you should give it up. I'm not going to. I'm going to still stick through it, but I think it's dumb. Like what are you I think pick up? I think I'm going to come in and like in crutches one day. Right. What are you going to pick up? Uh no I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going I'm gonna fight through it yeah but you're thirty like you're you're a couple years you don't know this you guys are sending me a message without looking at me directly this is sad yeah, I already got a fucking ambulance for you later I just I got it I'm gonna have it outside the funny thing is Scott is in the best shape and he'll say he's not <laughs> he's in the best shape of all three of us yeah. he'll, he'll go run for like hours and hours when we play basketball that it's is, different that is though so not true it's different like the basketball the football like that stuff it like yeah. you use muscles you don't ordinarily use basketball right. hurts yeah bad you know what doesn't pickle. I get to go do pickleball, not stretch, go home, do some other shit. Cards. Yeah. Croquet. Yeah. Car. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Right. Horse. Stuff like that. I say do it. I'm going to say no, but, but yes. No, but yes. And Jeff, we know where you stand. Don't show up to work with a pop patella. (laughs) All right. Great show. Thank you, Grow Nation. You continue to support Uh, what we're doing here. Again, we just want to make it a little bit easier in your journey to 50 mil and beyond. Keep giving us your feedback. Keep interacting, liking, posting, subscribing, sharing, all that good stuff. We hope you have a good week. Be kind, grow and grind. Let's grow. Let's grow. Let's grow. The Grow Show is sponsored by Abstract Cloud Solutions, certified Salesforce consulting services. 